Welcome, everybody. It is Sunday, and we are doing a special preview of the Raptors season. So NBA is kicking off on Tuesday. Raptors don't have their first game until Wednesday, though, so we've got a little time here to cover everything Raptors for this season. So uh, let's go. Welcome, Mitch Greenwood and Tegan Shard. Uh, hello, hello. So uh, Tegan and Mitch are huge fans of the Raptors, like I am a fan of the Leafs, but uh, they're going to back me up here because I'm not the biggest basketball fan. I mean, I'm a big fan. Watch them win. It was awesome, but uh, don't follow nearly as closely as I do with the Leafs. Uh, so Mitch, you want to, uh, want to start us off by telling us uh, a little bit about what you do there with, uh, sports betting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm working at the score, uh, in Toronto, of course, um, started out on the operations side, mostly watching games and keeping up with everything. And now I'm more so involved with the betting side, which is exciting times, uh, you know, legalized recently in Canada. So. Things are moving pretty fast and growing. And um, yeah, I mean, we're just watching everything Toronto sports all the time. So living the dream. No, it's awesome. Happy for you. And hopefully we'll have you back for some uh, some little betting updates throughout the season and both of you back on for Raptors. Uh, so we'll kick it off. I mean, as a Leaf fan, it's, it's tough. Uh, I mean, we're always reminded every year of how many years it's been since the championship. But... I mean, we all watch the Raptors do it. What's it like cheering for a team that's actually won? And how, do you, how does that affect, you know, the years after and your expectations for them? Well, I can say personally, just because I've only been a fan since like 2015, maybe. Uh, I haven't, I, I feel kind of privileged that I didn't get to go through quite as many down years or disappointments as some of the fan base, but uh other than that, I mean, it's it's cool, but it's 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 on to the next, right? Like it's it's been a bit of a struggle since then, and I th- I think this season's going to be the big turnaround year. Like, obviously, COVID was the biggest nail or like the biggest uh, wrench in things for the last little while, but uh, I think they've got they've got more than enough potential to turn things around this season. Yeah, for me as someone who's been watching. I mean, as long as I can remember, I guess you'd probably pin it to like mid 2000s would be when I was probably first aware of what I was actually watching. But like never really thought it was possible for this team to actually get to the finals and and win a championship. So definitely half of me is still in kind of the honeymoon period of just, you know, whenever I see a picture from that playoff run or from any series of that year, just being like, wow, yeah, that, that actually happened. And then the other half is, yeah, I mean, you're clamoring to get back to the top. Like, you often see it when teams win championships. They're at the parade, and they're saying, yeah, we're going to win another one next year. It's like everyone just immediately is looking to the next one. So uh, I'm still kind of basking in the glow for a little. I'll probably still be basking for, like, a couple more years, I think. Um, But definitely parts of the fan base are a little less patient. They want to get back to competing immediately. Um, And it's weird, right, because you still have some of the core guys there. you got – Freddie and OG and Pascal, but the majority of the championship roster is gone. Like Gasol, Ibaka, Danny Green, obviously Kawhi. Like it's, it's not the same team at all anymore. So um, it really is a new era. You're kind of like resetting expectations and it's going to take, it's not going to be the same path to get back there. It's going to be probably a longer, more winding road. Uh, Well put. Uh, So we know the Raptors played last season in Tampa 
and uh, obviously had a shortened season because of COVID the year before. Now, do you guys feel like that uh, slows down the reset process for them or kind of helps it out by giving them a clean slate this year to start with after having two kind of weird years after winning? I think, I mean, this team is so fresh. I feel like the the introduction of like a high profile rookie like Scotty Barnes and just a few other younger guys, like, I think they're throwing away everything that happened in Florida. Like that was just like a really shitty year that nobody wants to relive. Everybody got COVID Uh, guys were getting hurt, sitting out all the rumors about trading Lowry at the deadline that didn't end up coming to fruition, but, and then just, you know, losing so many close games, like shots rimming out at the buzzer, just so much happened that nobody wants to remember. So I think they could probably look back on that as like, you know, that's their COVID experience pretty much other than the bubble. And it was shitty for everyone. And this is a fresh start now. Great. Yeah, hopefully they've kind of, uh, they've kind of just taken it in stride and they're, they're better for it. It's like, you know, not, not any deep playoff runs by any means, but hopefully it's kind of hardened up the team to, you know, to prepare them for hopefully some deep playoff runs coming forward. I've, I've got high expectations for the team. Just seeing them as they are, I'm I'm very excited for the for the young lineup. Who are you most excited to watch this year? On that note, I mean, it's hard to to pick any one person specifically, just because I mean, like speaking on some of the older guys, like Freddie taking the new mantle as the the face and the the head of the franchise. Basically, um, it'll be amazing to see just how well he handles that. And I think Kyle's prepared him quite well to take over the reins. Uh, Pascal will be an interesting, interesting story just because he was, I I don't want to say he was a disappointment just because he did go through some, some unsuspected uh, or unexpected. uh, I don't know. I mean like COVID, right? Like that was the biggest (laughs) one. And you could say he got the yips or whatever up, at points, but I mean, I don't know how fair that is. And I think, and I'm pretty confident that he'll come back and surprise people. Uh, but then on top of that, you've got this whole, this whole slew of new guys who I've been surprised with <laughs> guys who I've never heard of been plucked out of places. Like, I mean, I, was it Ishmael who unfortunately just got waived, but he came from Turkey and, I mean, the the Raptors are always willing to, they're always willing to take um, take like unique and new approaches to developing the team, and they always keep it interesting, regardless of the win loss, right? And I mean, they always seem to surprise with the win loss, whether you're looking at the betting odds or <laughs> the end of the season, you know. Yeah, that seems to be a bit of a narrative, uh, sorry, real quick, uh, that Toronto's not necessarily an easy place to entice players to come to. So the Raptors do seem to get creative with pulling people from whether it's Europe or Africa or, you know, wherever it is that they need to, to, uh, to kind of fill out that, that deep back end of the roster. So nobody is helping to kill that narrative more than Scotty Barnes on his Toronto tour this summer. (laughs) So yep. just like smiling from ear to ear, going to every random Toronto location. I think this is the best city in the world. Yeah. So he's he's obviously, I mean, that's not a not a unique pick in any way, but he's high on my list of guys to watch, especially at the start of the year with Boucher out. 
and Siakam out, he's probably going to be starting or he's going to be playing a huge role right off the bat. And we saw it in preseason that he was showing his passing ability and playmaking and, you know, the shots coming along and uh, defense rebounding, all that stuff that they need. I mean, they were a pretty bad rebounding team last year. They weren't really cleaning up the defensive glass. So if he can help out there, that's huge. Um, I think Ken Birch might have an issue right now too. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, he's a number four pick. So obviously there are going to be a lot of eyes on him. Uh, Pascal as well. Tegan raised that point. I think I, I can't remember the Toronto fan base turning on a player quite in the same way that they have with Pascal over the last two seasons, basically him making third team all NBA and setting the expectations sky high, getting a huge contract and then underwhelming, but not to a degree that I think is uh, commensurate with the hate that he's getting on Raptors Twitter and everything. He yeah. just he gets blasted and he's still putting up okay numbers. The efficiency is not great. And he's been really unlucky in some moments. So I get, it's very frustrating when he's doing his one spin move into the lane and just bricking layups. Sometimes his touch could be a bit better, but I still think he's a super valuable player to have probably not someone who will be a number one option. I, I would be surprised if he became that guy, but he could easily be number two. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I want to see how he bounces back. Obviously he's coming off shoulder surgery, so it could take a bit of time, but I think like he's seen all the hate and absorbed it and probably wants to come back looking better than ever. And the other guy I had down was OG um, someone who, a lot of people have as like a sneaky, maybe not defensive player of the year, but all defensive team candidate, most improved player potentially for sure. He's shown a lot of increased handles and kind of creating shots for himself in the preseason, which is an element of his game that he's definitely been working on, but you know, he hasn't always had the tightest handle. He's already an elite defender, like does everything you can want. And I mean, seeing any lineup that involves all three of those guys, Scotty, OG, and Siakam, like, I, I don't know where you go on offense against a lineup like that. So, um, you know, kind of nerdy to say you're looking forward to watching a team for its defense, but like, yeah. the Raptors is going to be annoying to play. For sure. Yeah. Now, um, it's yeah. funny that you mentioned Siakam uh, and not seeing hate from – Toronto media like this before for a player just underperforming. And I, I hate to say it, but I think there's another team who's to blame for kind of starting this narrative and their name is in the title of our podcast here. <laughs> um, I think a couple guys have, have uh, put the microscope on their dollar versus their performance. And uh, that's kind of become the story of Toronto sports. It's bled over into uh, the Jays and into the Raptors. But I think that unfortunately kind of, starts from how much has been uh, made of Taveras and Marner and Matthews over the last couple of years. Yeah. Which isn't to say that it hasn't happened with the Raptors before. I mean, obviously the whole Vince Carter situation, but that to me is uh, totally different. There was so much more that went into that. Uh, but I, I don't think we've seen, well, I mean, they signed Hito Turkoglu for a ton of money and then he sucked as well. So it's just different. The Siakam, like he's a homegrown guy who's steadily improved and then he's just plateaued a bit. And yeah you know, he's got to, he's got to bounce back. Yeah. And it, I think it comes off as exceedingly unfair considering how much he's kind of defied expectations from the beginning. Like the guy had been playing basketball for like seven years or so when he was hitting the NBA. And I don't know, he, 
he's just always continues to surprise. So I, I, maybe that's why I'm, I'm confident he'll surprise us again this year. But yeah, I just think it, the hate and vitriol spit in his way has just been, it's been ridiculous. It's been horrible, but I mean, comes with the territory. Like you were saying, the big money makes him a, the biggest target now in a way. Now, uh, hearing some preseason talk last year, there was an interview that stood out to me at a player that I was really excited to watch. And that's the Aussie they picked up who, uh, Really, by the end of the season, I heard did not next to nothing, whose name is even escaping me. <laughs> Australian guy. Um, Baines. Baines. <laughs> Aaron Baines. Aaron yeah, Baines. I mean, he kind of became a meme at the end by the end of the year as the quote unquote tank commander uh, for the <laughs> team. <laughs> once once the fan base was starting to write off the year, he was kind of uh, taking the brunt of the brunt of the the failing, but. I mean, it's it's not totally fair. Again, like very very much uh, unorthodox year situation to be in. And I mean, at the end of the day, we got Scotty, so like we can't we can't completely complain. And I mean, in a weird way, that he, he Aaron's been getting his due for that, a tip of the cap for getting us Scotty in a weird way. But you, again, you can't put it all on one guy. Like it's it's not fair. No, and yeah. I agree. There's a lot of teams that underperformed last year, just went on yeah. paper they shouldn't have. That, like, I mean, in the NHL, the Vancouver Canucks were out for almost at, like a third of the season with COVID, and they never were able to recover from that. And, you know, teams had games rescheduled, and there were, I mean, every Toronto team besides the Leafs were playing outside of their hometown. So right. it was, it wasn't easy for, uh, for anybody. I don't think it's fair to really put last year, um, you know, as a as an example of how any of these guys are going to do, yeah, because a lot of guys outperformed their their usual selves in the bubble situations and in the context of COVID. And as soon as the the fans in the arenas are back up to normal, maybe they won't be able to to take it the same way. Hard yeah, and and thankfully, uh, Raptors, Leafs, and Sens are all playing the full arenas now. So uh, yeah. we'll see what a full Raptor stadium looks like and how that helps out some of these guys that haven't. Uh, some of them haven't even played in front of uh, a Raptors fan base before. Yeah. So on the uh, the draft, there um, there was a bit of drama around the pick. Not everybody was a fan of it. Uh, some people said that the Raptors reached down maybe a few spots. What are, uh, what are your opinions on that? Yeah. Uh, in the moment, I was like, I would say intrigued by it. I wasn't crazy about it. I wasn't, you know, shattered that we didn't get Jalen Suggs because I wasn't thrilled with the idea of taking him either. I thought, okay, we're losing Lowry probably in the offseason. Uh, taking Suggs is just kind of like if he ever – reaches the level that Lowry is at, then you're back where you started, right? It's, you're kind of just on the treadmill. Like I don't see Suggs being a star in that way. I think he's going to be a really good player. So I was ready for them to take a flyer on a guy like Kuminga or someone like Scotty Barnes. I'm glad they went with Barnes instead, because I think, you know, in hindsight, it's starting to look like Kuminga is just a raw athlete who may never be able to shoot. Um, And Barnes has, exactly the high IQ that the Raptors organization values, the defensive versatility, the playmaking. He's got to work on his jumper as well. Uh, And he's not, you know, a 
jump out of the gym type of athlete, I guess he's already a bigger guy, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see where it goes. I think he fits in to Nick nurse's ideals pretty well as well. Being able to pressure the ball and a big wing to be able to create things. And it doesn't have to be all on Van Vliet all the time because as you know, as good of a creator as he is, he can sometimes get bogged down when he has to do everything himself. Um, so yeah, I think it makes a ton of sense. If he reaches his absolute ceiling, he could be like maybe a Kawhi light type player, which is even probably generous. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's starting to look like the right pick and I think people are already coming around on it. Obviously we never really know with draft picks until like five years later. So we can do another episode then. (laughs) Magic beans as they call them. Uh, but I mean, got to agree. I've heard lots of good talk and seen some nice clips from the preseason. Uh, yeah, I, I heard a lot of mixed things on Suggs and it was kind of the expectation of, you know, he'd be better out of the gate, but maybe not have the same ceiling that, uh, that Barnes has. So. Yeah, I've heard that. And like, I mean, it was all kind of weird just in the fact that, I mean, I heard that he, uh, Suggs, I mean, he only worked out for the Raptors. That was the only team he worked out for. And there is all this talk that he may or may not have uh, intentionally underperformed and blah, 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 which, again, all speculation, but all the same, it's probably for the best. I'm personally stoked that we got Scotty. I I was probably like you, Mitch, where when I first heard about it, seeing it on, on paper, <laughs> on screen, I didn't think too much of it at first, but then soon as I saw his reaction at the, on draft day, I, I was sold. Like, I mean, just seeing a guy that excited to be a Raptor was, was enough for me to be, to be excited to see him come. And uh, yeah, he fills, he fulfills a bigger need. I think that we have on the team right now. Um, I mean, his size, who knows if he's going to grow that much more, but he's already huge for a 20 year old. And, uh, his shot's certainly not broken. He's got, like you were saying, a lot of, a lot of IQ and a lot of the uh, intangibles that are difficult to, to learn later on. He's he's already well on his way in those respects. He's got some almost magic esque passes going on, which shocked me there in uh, preseason. Again, preseason, but still, uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Really, and they excited. got like, they got put in kind of a tough spot, right? Because as soon as they jump up to four, which like you can't get greedy jumping up in the draft is always great, but people start saying, Oh, it's a three player draft. Like it's, it's kind of, yeah. it's, it's Jim green and it's uh, Mobley. So, I mean, if they had jumped anywhere into the top three, they would have likely been thrilled to take one of those three guys having Mobley, potentially a franchise center who can step out a bit with some range, like Jalen green, a guy who can just like create a bucket anytime the Raptors would, love to have a guy like that who could kind of solve some of their half court dysfunction at times. And then what would have been interesting. I mean, Cade obviously is just a guy you can give the ball and probably create an offense around him. And Freddie could have played off ball in that situation. Um, But yeah, I mean, landing at four, I think they had to get a little creative, but they liked what they saw in Scotty. And I I think it was the right move. Yeah. And if I know the Raptors by now, they, they have a lot of, uh, character-driven decisions in who they do and do not bring onto the team. It feels that way anyways. Like, I mean, Scotty has just fit in like a glove already. And uh, 
he just seems to carry the same sort of positivity and the same sort of uh, family-oriented almost uh, vibe with him that a lot of a lot of the team already has. I mean, they they usually they usually don't like to leave Toronto, <laughs> even though they're not too happy. Maybe when they first get here, they they never like to leave. So speaking of players that don't like to get here, there's somebody that neither of you have mentioned yet. <laughs> somebody who came in uh, in the offseason here, and that's Goran Dragic. What's, uh, what's going on there? This guy just roasts Toronto the second he gets in, and what, is everyone just supposed to applaud and cheer? Like, great, let's, uh, let's go for it. Like, what, <laughs> what are we supposed to expect from this guy? Is he sticking around? Is he going to try I believe it was a uh, mistranslation as, as the, the story is going, but uh, he's, I mean, I don't know. He's, he's taking it in stride and I mean, he's getting along well enough with, with Scotty from the way things are. And I mean, as long as he plays, he, he's not, he's not pulling the nonsense that Kyrie's pulling right now or some of the other guys that are much more problematic around the league. So <laughs> no, I wasn't exactly stoked to hear that he was coming, but uh I mean, he's here now, and uh, I, I think that the Raptors would move him if if the right pieces were to come back, but obviously that's not going to happen right away. Uh, and yeah. I think Goran, I think Goran's just going to take it in stride, and he won't. He'll be professional, and he won't. I only, I don't think he'll uh, dislike his experience maybe as much as he initially anticipated. Now that he's he's seen what our organization's about. Yeah, for those who don't know, he said something along the lines of I have higher aspirations than Toronto, something like that, yeah. which is, yeah. you know, interesting when one team has won a title in the last <laughs> few years and the other team, you know, went to the finals, full credit to them, but didn't get it done. So, yeah, um, I mean, I'm sure, you know, he's been in Miami a long time. He probably wanted to finish the job there, but he's aging out. So, I mean, you know, Lowry is old as well, but he's a better player at this point probably going to increase their championship chances. So kind of a cold-blooded move by Miami, but, you know, they always do what they have to do to increase their odds. Uh, like you, like Tegan said, he's going to put on a good face and be a pro about it. Um, there's, it won't help him to be sourpuss and just kind of mope through the season. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he'll play, but I hope he doesn't take too many valuable minutes from a guy like Malachi Flynn, who you want to continue to see develop. Um, or Gary you know, Trent Jr. Or Gary Trent Jr. Anyone in the backcourt, really? Yeah. Um, you just want you want him to go out, show his value, show that he can stay healthy as well, and then you know move him at the deadline for a couple second round picks or something. Uh, I don't know if the money can work necessarily with a team like Dallas. There was a lot of talk of that in the off season, given his connection, the Slovenian connection to Luka Doncic, and their need for kind of a secondary creator and ball handler. Um, so maybe they can find a way to work that out uh, as the season goes along. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's just kind of a salary that we had to get back in the Lowry deal. And really the, the more enticing piece there is precious to us. So, you know, it'll be, it'll be a short term thing and I hope he enjoys Toronto. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so we'll do one more before we jump into trivia here. Um, I mean, the NBA is known for big 
trades and big deals uh, compared to other sports leagues. Do you see the Raptors uh, entertaining any kind of big trade or, or decent sized trade this year, or are they you know, looking more to develop from within as has been the case the last couple of seasons? I think the primary focus will be development. Uh, and and I, I, I think that they're never quick to give up on their guys. So the, I mean, obviously we were just talking about Gore and he'll probably be the biggest piece salary wise or, you know, skills wise that ends up moving anytime soon. But uh, I mean, could be surprised. Uh, there was a little bit of drama between Pascal and nurse last year, but it seems like that's all been long smoothed over. Uh, but no, I, I think that they will, they will probably see this season through and unless a golden opportunity arises and unless the team's truly in a position to compete a la 2019. Um, yeah, I, I don't see, I don't see them making any quick draw moves unnecessarily. I think they'll just focus on development this year. Yeah, I would agree. I think there's a section of the fan base that just expects another Kawhi trade, which is not going to happen potentially ever. That's a once in a generation deal that only works due to a confluence of factors with, you know, San Antonio wanting to stay competitive and basically wanting to get Kawhi out as soon as possible and taking a lesser package compared to what you see for other stars being moved for these days. Um, That's not happening. So I would agree with Tegan that, you know, what the Raptors have done well during this era is valuing the development of their players and, and, you know, not devaluing their players in any way. You get a guy like Siakam at 27 and you just invest in him and you get Freddie undrafted and you invest and invest. And if they pan out, then you have these assets that you, would normally only get near the top of a draft or, you know, on a free, on the free agent market shelling out huge money. So they're going to continue to value their guys. They're going to invest in Scotty, of course, heavily. Um, I would almost expect more this season. If, you know, just looking at their first 10 games, um, if they're not kind of like around 500 and then, you know, if they've already fallen back a bit and guys still aren't, you know, Boucher's not back, Siakam's not back, this could turn into a season where they potentially make more future-facing moves. Um, you know, people have talked about them dealing Siakam because they got Scotty Barnes. I don't know if I would necessarily predict that, but um, I would I would predict that is more likely than, you know, a deal for a star. They're not getting Bradley Beal or anyone like that. Um, I think Masai and Bobby will kind of play the long game with this and then, you know, they'll strike if the time is right. I can't argue with that. I mean, the Raptors are obviously confident in Masai's process. They've uh, locked him down for as long as he wants to stick around in Toronto, it seems, and just whatever title he wants. So confident in the system. And with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Trivia. All right, welcome back. We are going to get into some Raptors trivia. I am joined once again by Mitch Greenwood and Tegan Shard, who are going to compete to see who can score more points in what we're going to call twos and threes trivia. So we've got two pointers and three pointers. Obviously, the twos are easier, the threes are harder. 
we're going to start with a tip-off to see who gets to go first. So this is going to be a little shot-in-the-dark number question, and whoever gets closer to the correct answer will go first, okay? Cool. When I finish reading the question on this one, you can answer. How many three-pointers did Kyle Lowry make during his tenure with the Raptors? Mm. 1,472. I'm going to say 3,000. Oh, okay, Mitch. Correct answer, 1,518. So, <laughs> okay. Damn. Like, wins the uh, double showcase with that. <laughs> <laughs> that was wild. Okay. So, Mitch gets to pick first. You want to go for a two or a three pointer? Uh, man, it's a, you know, three-point era. Let's go right behind the line in downtown. All right, so Greenwood goes for the three. Who led the Raptors in rebounds last season? Okay, so we know – well, I guess we don't know for sure that it's not Aaron Baines, but we were already shitting on him earlier. So. <laughs> not likely. And I did mention that they were a bad rebounding team. Who would have led – the team in rebounds. Interesting. Who was it? Okay, OG missed a lot of time. Wow, they had like no big men. Um. Oh man, guys were sitting out left and right. Yo, where's the shot clock? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm there, yeah I'm about to, I was not expecting Sorry, that. Time? I wasn't aware if there was. A, <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to implement one. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, Boucher. <laughs> Chris Boucher is incorrect. Yeah. The rebound goes to Tegan. You want to sink it for a three? Yeah. All right. Um, not Boucher. Probably not Beans. <laughs> um, you know what? Baines. I'll try Baines. Let's say Baines. Aaron Baines is also incorrect. <laughs> um, I'll give you guys a, a tip-off toss-up for this one. See if you, either of you can get it. One last three, two, one. Throw one out. Uh, Kyle. <laughs> now nah, you're both wrong. Okay. <laughs> Correct answer was Kem Birch. Wait, what? Really? Really? Are you about, wait, 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 wait. So you're talking about like a, like his rate, like rebounds per game. Yeah. Sorry, oh, okay. I uh, I'm sorry, guys. I should have. Because uh, he played like what did he play like 15 games for them? He played 19 <laughs> games. Yeah, <laughs> that's where we yeah, got. So apologies, I mean, I'll word that a little better. Uh, <laughs> no he word. led the team with 7.6 average rebounds. Okay. Okay. Uh, now we know what to expect. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so next one, we'll throw it to Tegan. Alrighty, uh, I'll go. Uh, let's try another three. Why not? All right. <laughs> Who played the most games for the Raptors last season? Most games. Um, hmm. I, I want to say nobody played all 80 or, well, I guess it wasn't 82 last year, but I don't think anybody played every game. But I, I kind of want to say Baines played the most games. Aaron Baines is incorrect. The rebound goes to Mitch. 
Who played the most oh. games for the Raps last season? Man, we were talking about how many people were in and out of the lineup, and I'm trying to picture yeah. someone who just kind of weathered the storm and was there most of the year. He wasn't, you know, his Boucher's relationship with Nurse was kind of like you play a lot one night and then you don't the next, but at least he got in there and he didn't get hurt until the end of the year. And I can't remember if he was part of the COVID outbreak. I'm going to go with Boucher. Chris Boucher, Boucher is also incorrect. <sighs> Jeez. The uh, player who played the most games the Raps last season was Stanley Johnson. Oh, my God. 61 <laughs> games led the team. And I'm, I'm assuming he had pretty low average minutes through all those 61 games. He must have. Yeah, he started to show some stuff, but uh, yeah, I think he's in Chicago now or something. Yeah, and uh, they just waved him, so <laughs> he's nowhere now. <laughs> all right, so uh, it goes back to Greenwood. We are tied 0-0. All right, we got to get on the board, so give me a two. All right. Who are the Raptors' two slam dunk champions? Carter and Terrence Ross. And there should have been a third with DeMar DeRozan, but the 2011 dunk contest was rigged so Blake Griffin could jump over Ikea being sponsored. <laughs> That's a theory that I wholeheartedly subscribe to i'll be starting a spin-off podcast where i talk only about that dunk contest <laughs> um yeah you heard it here the leafs uh late network we're going to be starting a specific podcast just for that breakdown um so that is correct mitch greenwood you are correct so that puts you on the board with two points two so dude. with that you get to select again oh what no it should oh no Ah, okay. Yeah, throw it back. yeah and with how this has been playing, we'll we'll <laughs> adjust that on the fly here. We'll throw it back to Tegan. Okay. I'll go for a two, I guess. A two? All right. So for a two, um, who signed a four-year, $72 million contract just before Christmas? Just before Christmas? Uh, I believe that would be Freddie, Freddie Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet is incorrect. Oh, I'm sorry. Dang. It goes over to Mitch. Should I only get one point if I get this right? Uh, we'll say it's yeah. like, a, yeah. I think it's OG. You are correct. OG Ananobi on December 21st oh, okay. signed his extension with the Raptors. Similar amounts though, right? Like very similar. Like 80 and mil or something? Yeah, right. Yeah. Very similar and very similar time frame there. Um, so Mitch, you stole that one. So I think it's to you. It's all right. Um, yeah, I'm feeling confident. Let's go back to the threes. Back to a three. Uh, what was the most points the Raptors scored in a game last season? I gotta get the exact number. Um, <laughs> okay. No, I can, I'll, I'll think of, uh, they had one crazy blowout game. Didn't they blow up the Warriors? I think they hit, uh, it was like 152 or something. Now you have me second guessing my own, <laughs> my own note here. No, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, may, I might be misremembering that, but they, I think they had a crazy They had one really, yeah, one big blowout game. Well, 
Um, Here we go. We're looking on basketball reference. Yeah. Now, I'm, now I don't trust my own answer because if there was one that was that high, I missed it. Oh, oh wait. We're looking at 2021. See here. I'm going through the the game logs. Oh wait, no, no. They only had 130 in that game. It was just okay. that they beat them by uh, 53 points. Oh. Gotcha, gotcha. So, um, hoping you didn't see what the actual answer was. Well, uh, that was my guess, anyways. So. That was your guess. It is incorrect. Um, Tegan, any stab at this one? This probably should have been a maybe um, differently worded. It's a little tough. <laughs> true. Um, I want. I want to say they did exceed one thirty at least once, uh, but I'll say one forty-seven. I want to say close. It was one thirty-seven. 115 30. against Washington. True. Um, for a bonus point, uh, want to take a stab at the lowest score that the Raptors won with this season? Because uh, I realize now these two questions are impossible. <laughs> uh, I, I want to say it was like 89 or something like stupid low like that. Yeah, I'll, say I'll give 90. a point. I'll give a point to the closer one. I'll say 92. All right, Tegan wins it. It was 86-81 against Minnesota. They ended oh, up oh, yeah. That game was, yeah, that game was awful. Yeah. Oh, Beautiful man. in its own way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that one was Mitch's, yes? So we'll go to Tegan, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's try another three. All right. So got a multiple <laughs> choice. Multiple choice. Multiple choice With- for three points? It's not necessarily easy. This is a bit of a Raps history question. Okay. Which player never played in an all-star game while they were with the Raptors? Is it A, Vince Carter, B, Antonio Davis, C, Chris Bosh, or D, Tracy McGrady? Who? Which never played in an all-star game? Vince Carter, Antonio Davis. With the Raptors. With the Raptors. With another team, though. All All Stars, but one but was one never played. an All Star with the Raptors. With, yeah. Vince Carter, Antonio Davis, Chris Bosch, or Tracy McGrady. Oh, that is a hard one. Oh. I know Vince had to have been with the Raps. Come on. Hmm. I'm going to say, I'm going to say McGrady. Tracy McGrady is correct. Seven time all-star once leaving the Raptors. Three pointer puts Tegan up by one and we will toss it back to Mitch. Uh, I got to play. Wait, how many questions are left? (laughs) Um, I've got one, two, three, four, three pointers. Oh, and one, two, three. Four, five two-pointers, or four two-pointers. Okay. Then let's keep it going with the threes for now. <laughs> All righty. So here's another multiple choice. How many points did Kawhi Leonard score during the 2019 championship run? Was it A, 697, B, 750, 
C, 732, or D, 650? Okay. I got to do some math. <laughs> Let's see. Five games against Orlando. Seven against Philly is what's 12. Six against the Bucks is 18. Six against the Warriors is 24. 24 games. What would he have averaged? He's averaging like 30. God, was a beast. Um, <laughs> 240 or 80 up to uh, – hold on. Oh, math. Math is hard. Oh, okay. Was it, You said 650. Was 650 the lowest option there? 650 was the lowest. The highest is 750. In between 732 and 697. Ooh. Okay, uh, yeah, give me the lowest, 650. 650 is incorrect. I'm sorry. For the steal for a point? Uh, I guess I would go with 697. That is also incorrect. Kawhi Leonard scored 732 points, putting him third all-time behind LeBron James at 748 and Michael Jordan at 759. In wow. a single playoff run. Yeah. Yeah. And guys on fire. Yeah. All right, Tegan, shots to you. All right, let's go for a layup. Layup? <laughs> layup, two um, points. Who did Drake famously get the Raptors fined for attempting to recruit at a concert in 2014? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got fined for attempting to recruit at a concert. I, I remember the story. Drake was on stage at OVO and shouted out in to a player, literally player like the in the crowd. I started watching. Um, shouted out to a player in the crowd and said, let's show them what a real Toronto welcome sounds like. And the Raptors were subsequently fined for tampering. The Raptors got fined. Wow, that's hilarious. Because Drake um, was... Employed as global ambassador. Right. Huh, what player would that be? I'm going to guess LeBron, but like I, I doubt it would have been LeBron. LeBron James is incorrect. Steal goes to Mitch. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is correct. Uh, true. All right, Mitch, shots to you. I believe that uh, that may have been the same time Kevin Durant was wearing a David Price jersey during the Jays' playoff. I think that, that might have, have fueled it. A year what? Later. Yeah, yeah. Durant like went was out of Jay Z and went and got a price jersey. I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Give me a give me a layup. Sure. Who's the uh, Raptors resident DJ? Is that oh? <laughs> Only you would ask this question. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> And I know his name. Probably know the DJ of every Toronto team. DJ Four Corners. DJ Four Corners is correct. (laughs) I knew that one. (laughs) There is always a feature on him if you watch the NBA online streams that are not on TV. Instead of commercials, you basically get a 20-minute feature uh, on DJ Four Corners every game. (laughs) Love it. So, shots to Tegan. Score is 6-4 to for Mitch. Um... Let's Two go ties three. three takes the lead. All right. <clears throat> Who is the all-time free throw percentage leader 
on the Raptors. Free throw percentage leader. All time. <sighs> Free throw percentage leader. Is it Chris Boucher? It is not Chris Boucher. I'm sorry. Uh, Mitch for the steal. A weird trick one. This man is my Slack display picture. I believe it's the right answer, but I'm going to now be embarrassed if it's not. Is it Jose Calderon? It is Jose Calderon <laughs> with an 877. He leaves the Raptors all time for free throw percentage. Oh, man. The, the man, player, the myth, the legend. The player I most identify with on a pickup <laughs> basketball level. So Mitch gets the steal, puts him up by three points. Okay, I'm going, I'm going for the dagger. Give me a three. All right. So this is a long-winded one. In 2013... The Raptors and Sacramento Kings made a trade. Rudy Gay, along with Quincy Acey and Aaron Gray, were traded to the Sacramento Kings. In exchange, the Toronto Raptors received Gravis Vasquez, uh, Patrick Patterson, John Salmons, and Chuck Hayes. This trade turned into two players who are currently playing for the Raptors. Who are they? So you're saying... <laughs> this is a trade tree. This right, is... right, right. So from the four guys the Raptors acquired, they turned that into two more guys. So right. from Vasquez, Patterson, Salmons, Salmons, yeah, and Hayes. Yeah. Who did they turn those guys into that are currently playing for the Raptors? Oh, okay, 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 okay. I get it. Because um, I think I thought one of them. Yeah, yeah, okay. So Vasquez. <laughs> Because I remember the, the famous thing is Vasquez turned into Powell and Ananobi, but Powell is now Gary Trent. So Trent and Ananobi. You are correct. Nice oh, one, Mitch. Big. Legend. That's like almost on par with the Kawhi trade from the side. Yes. Turning Vasquez into Norman Powell and OG Ananobi. The <laughs> funny thing is the it's a little weird because they traded a first or they, they traded Powell or Vasquez for Powell in the first round. That first round they also they had theirs and the Clippers first round, and it was that um, the worst one was the one that the Raptors had to get rid of. But they ended up tying in the standings with the Clippers, exactly like sixty one thirty one or whatever it was, like fifty one thirty one games. Right. So it really didn't make a difference in the end. They probably had to do a coin sure. flip tiebreaker, and then yeah, they yeah. scooped they scooped OG from the Nuggets by like one spot. Unreal. Change things forever. So, uh, Tegan, shots to you. Uh, you got to make a bit of a comeback. Yeah, I guess I got to go for three <laughs> again. Who was the first Raptor to score 50 points in a playoff game? Was it Vince Carter, Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry, or DeMar DeRozan? Hmm. In a playoff game. Sorry, it was Kyle, Debo, Kawhi, or Vince? Yep. First to score 50 in a playoff game. So it's really, did Vince do it? Or did someone do it 20 years later? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I, I know Kyle didn't do it. Don't think Debo ever did 50 in the playoffs. 
That doesn't sound like Debo. No offense. Love you, Debo. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Kawhi. I am sorry. Kawhi Leonard did <sighs> score 50 points, but I basically can't give this over to Mitch because I know, I was going to say Vince anyways, but yeah. Uh, Kawhi yeah. did score 50, but Vince beat him to it. Did it um, first, yeah. Did it first with 50 points and a, at the time, Raptor leading nine three-pointers in a game. Right. Right. Wild. Damn. Uh, so that that one's done. That one's done. We've only got a couple two-pointers left. So over, right. over to Mitch. Hit me. Who has the record for all-time games played with the Raps? Mm, all-time games played. Uh, Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry is incorrect. <laughs> Tegan for the steal. It's got to be DeMar, right? DeMar DeRozan. De- DeMar DeRozan is correct. 675 games. That one surprised right. me. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tricky one. So, uh, Tegan, two-pointer to you. All righty. What award did Pascal Siakam win in 2019? Uh, that would be 2019. Huh. Uh, that was, he made the all-star team that year. Um, was that his most, he didn't get most improved player. I was, did, was he most improved player? He was in fact, most improved player. Okay. Well, wow. Done. Same year. Yeah. He would have yeah. been like all-star most improved and third team all NBA. That yeah. Year, right. I think. Yeah. Had to have been. That's crazy. Yeah. And uh, the last one I've got here, this one goes to Mitch. Um, What were the two, or what were two of the three um, deadline moves the Raptors did this year? Two of the three. They made three moves moves. on deadline day. Name two of them. Wow. It's all a blur. Um, Okay, I've got one... Think of another one. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the Norman Powell trade for Gary Trent Jr. and the acquisition of Ken Birch from the Orlando Magic. Oh, wait. No. Wait. Yeah. What? I, I don't know. I feel like that was a buyout thing after, so I'm probably wrong. <laughs> that was one of the two. <laughs> Goes over to Tegan for the steal. Last question. If you can name okay. other than the Powell trade. Who else came in or went out on trade deadline day? There was the Powell and Kim. Who did they? Who came in? I feel like they they offloaded like a pick or something. Like it was. Who the fuck came in? I feel like they offloaded a pick for. Uh... I'd have to cut you off any minute here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I have no idea. I would say, yeah, no idea. <laughs> so the three were Powell for Hood and Trent Jr. Uh, we had Terrence Davis coming into the Raptors on deadline day. No, no, you mean going to? Oh. Wait, what? Leaving. Going... Leaving. Sorry, and Matt yeah. Thomas. 
Matt Thomas one. left. Ter- did Terrence Davis only that only happened at the deadline? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, those are the yeah. three that were listed. It was Terrence Davis, yeah. Matt Thomas, and uh, yeah. Oh, you're right. They just got like second round picks from Sacramento and Utah for those two guys. <clears throat> wow, yeah. totally forgot about them. Yeah. Well, there you go. Final score, 10 to 7 for Mitch. We will uh, have to well have played. a rematch at some point, but well, well played. played, guys. Those questions were not easy. Um, I, uh, being not the biggest fan of basketball, it's hard to gauge how hard these are going to be. But uh, you guys did really well. I'm impressed. Great questions. Thank yeah. You. So uh, some last little things we'll touch on before we close this off. Uh, the Raptors start this week. Mitch, you got any betting uh, advice for us? Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't advise betting on the first game of the season. You, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's exciting. Everybody wants to get their action out there, but pretty tough to call. Um, one advantage, I suppose you could call it an advantage, is the Raptors are opening against the Wizards, a team they played in the preseason and beat 113-108 with a little fourth quarter comeback there. So just checking out some options here. You've got the Raptors as a three, three and a half point favorite. Total set at 219 and a half, right around 220. And I mean, I wouldn't bet the money line on the wraps because they're looking like minus 150, minus 160 most places. So I don't know. I'm thinking you take the over in this game. Um, Over 220, you know, you just need the game to be 115, 110, something like that. The Wizards we saw last year were involved in tons of high-scoring games. Um, You know, it's the start of the year. Everyone wants to play fast. Uh, You're getting up and down the court. can kind of turn into a bit of a track meet. Not a lot of defense happening. So, I don't know. I feel pretty good about that, you know. Um, The Raptors are going to be feeling energized playing at home for the first time in a while. Bradley Beal is going to fill it up. Wizards are kind of a new-look team. Um, so yeah, you know, I don't feel great about any wager on the first night of the season, but I feel pretty good about that one. <laughs> All right. Love it. Love it. And we'll close it out. Final predictions for the score. What do we think? Hmm. Against the whiz and it's a new whiz. It's a kind of uh spooky looking whiz team, the way <laughs> they're constructed right now. It kind of surprised me in the preseason there. Um, I think I think it'll be close. I think it'll be 121 to uh, 107 for for the Wiz. Unfortunately, I think that Ooh. the Wiz might pull it out. Yeah. 121 I, 107 for the Wiz. Okay. Can't beat the Wizards then, you know. How good is your season really going to be? <laughs> is the question. Uh, the Raptors are notorious for dropping the first game of the season, so I, I have a bit of a bias against <laughs> First them, game but... of the series, first game of the season, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think they play the Wizards pretty well, um, so I'm going to go with a Raptors win. They're going to be feeling good from the home crowd. Threes are going to be dropping. So uh, I'm seeing 125-118 Toronto. All right, guys, you heard it here. You're right. <laughs> well, uh catch up on Twitter with how these predictions turn out. 
Until then, follow us on Twitter, follow us everywhere. Find us on Spotify, on Amazon Music, and on Apple Podcasts, all the places you enjoy your podcasts. Thanks again so much to Mitch Greenwood and Tegan Sharp for joining us today for this Raptor special. Thanks for having us, man. Congrats. Go Congrats. Raptors, go Leafs, go, and uh, join us after every Leaf game. We'll be right here. Have a good night, guys.